Imagine America very similar to our own. It's got homework, best friends, and pistachio ice cream. There are some differences. Elatsoe lives in this slightly stranger America. She can raise the ghosts of dead animals, a skilled passed down through generations of her Lipan Apache family. Her beloved cousin has just been murdered in a town that wants no prying eyes, but she is going to do more than pry. The picture-perfect facade of Willoughby masks gruesome secrets, and she will rely on her wits, skills, and friends to tear off the mask and protect her family. Welcome to Treat Your Shelf, a book club podcast where each month we read a book and come together to discuss it. I'm Christina. And I'm Hannah. And this month we're reading Alatsue by Darcy Little Badger. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. And I actually do want to make special mention this book includes lots of lovely illustrations that were drawn by Rovina Kai. Mmm. That I really enjoyed. Yes. Yay! Well, Hannah, we're going to start off by giving our non-spoiler review. So why don't you get us started? Oh boy, I'm going to get us started on a sad note. (laughs) So, (laughs) as has been the case with other books that we've discussed, my mental health at the time of reading the book has played a huge role in what I think about the book. I think I read this book at the absolute worst time possible, and that I might have different feelings toward it if I had read this, honestly, like any other month. But yeah, I guess for context, um, I was reading this book as my dog's health declined, and then he passed away. So finishing this book after he had passed away was incredibly triggering for me. Yeah. And so... Trying to put my mental health aside and all of that, and just focusing on this book, I thought it was interesting. There were many characters that I adored. Uh, I thought the world building was also interesting. I think the pace was intentionally slow. I feel like there's a line somewhere in the book, maybe when her mom is telling a story about like pacing and taking your time with a story. So I Mm -hmm. think that makes sense once you have that context, but you might be a bit thrown by how long it takes for the investigation to begin when you know the mystery from chapter two. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I cannot tell you if I liked this book or not, because it's just so intertwined with the passing of my dog that I know I will never pick this book up again. And so I don't know that I can really give it a fair review. That's totally fair. Yeah. On that super happy note christina what did you think of the book (laughs) yeah um i really liked it so my family dog of 15 years past last year so i do have that kind of like newish experience but it like i was far enough removed that yeah like from page one i was bawling like, mm. as soon as she had a ghost dog, I was like, oh, my God, dog is dead. Like, you know, like, I was crying from page one. Um, and, yeah, I read this book at work, so I was crying at my desk at work, um, which is always great. Mm. Um, but um, 
I really liked it. I liked the characters. I liked the world that was built. I don't know. I I really liked some of the scenes and the moments that were included. I thought everything was really well thought out and planned Mm. without getting too much into it right now. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It definitely was like, it dwelled a lot on death and it is kind of like a, it's a sad, heavy book to read, mm-hmm. um, especially for a young adult novel. Like, I think it it's, I guess, a good book for young adults to read um, to, like, kind of discuss the topic of death and mm-hmm. kind of introduce them to that topic. But, yeah, it was a sad book, but I thought it was good. I liked it. Well, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I read it really quickly, so it was a slow build, but it was over and done with pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And now we're getting into our spoiler-filled discussion. So if you haven't read the book and want to read the book, I would stop the podcast, go to your local bookstore or library, pick up the book, read it, and then come back. Um, and if you don't care, then just keep reading or keep <laughs> listening. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. So this story follows a little Lipen at- Apache girl. I think, I think is so. How you, is how you say um, that. Uh, Lipen or Lipen. Named Ellie, which is short for Alatsue, mm-hmm. um, who has this magical ability to raise ghosts from the dead. So far in her life, so she's 17, she's only raised her dog, Kirby, mm-hmm. and I think like a couple other like small creatures, but yeah. um, like for practice. But Kirby's the only, like, really successful creature that she's raised from the dead. And she's, like, trained him to do, like, all sorts of tricks and whatnot. They have a super cute relationship. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're kind of introduced to her right off the bat and her friend, Joe. Jay. Jay. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, like, a week since I've read the book. <laughs> I've already forgotten. And you wrote it. I don't have his name written down for some reason. Why it's not finding it. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, <laughs> we're introduced to her friend Jay. Um, they seem like very close friends. Close enough where when she sees him like climbing a bridge, one of her co- comments, like one of her thoughts is, the butt did look familiar. Like, what? <laughs> but okay. So, so yes, she has her friend Jay, and right off the bat, she's, like, Kirby's acting weird, and the only time that happens is when, like, something bad is going to happen, so she's concerned, and she's trying to find all of her family to, like, check in on them and make sure that they're all okay. Yeah, yeah, so her parents are at the movie theaters, so she, uh, you know, so she runs into Jay when she's blazing on to the movie theaters on her bike Mm -hmm. to try and intercept her parents just to make sure that they're fine and nothing's happened to them. Um, Oh my gosh, like anxiety level a thousand. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so she gets there and she finds out that they're fine. 
but her parents uh, have gotten a call or several missed calls uh, indicating that her cousin Trevor has been involved in a car accident. And I think Mm -hmm. at this point he's in a coma, Um, but it's not looking good. Yeah. And so that's why Kirby has been freaking out. Um, Later that night, she sees Trevor in a dream and he tells her that he's been murdered. And that it wasn't a Abe Alberton. Yes, Allerton, actually. Allerton? Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, that's upsetting. (laughs) Oh, Hannah. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Anyways, so... Trevor was actually murdered, boom, 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 Mm -hmm. by Abe Allerton and was not, in in fact, in a car accident. Or if he was, somehow it was murder. And that's the big mystery. Right. Right away, chapter two. We know what this book is going to be about. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do love that right away, like, her dad is totally just on board and accepts her dream as truth and is like, all right, let's go to Texas. We're going to help you solve this murder. Like, Yeah, I did like how everybody was very accepting. Anytime she had something all of, uh, to say, the adults accepted it and didn't qu- really question it and went along with what she had to say. Mm-hmm. I really love that. A lot of times there's like so much pushback and I think it's because it's the ability that she has has been passed down. At least from her sixth great grandmother, mm-hmm. um, which I think when her sixth great grandmother was first introduced, it was just like sixth great and like without any ex- explanation. Mm-hmm. And it took me a second. I was like, "Who's sixth great?" Ah! Like, I was like, "Who is this person?" And like, I don't even know. It just dove into a story about her. Mm. But for a couple chapters, like. We do get um, stories. Well, and throughout the book, we get stories about sixth grade and her achievements. And Mm -hmm. we get to know how great she actually was and Mm -hmm. how powerful she was and why Ellie looks up to her so much. Just kind of cool. Yeah, I always really liked the times that we got stories about Mm -hmm. sixth grade and everything that she did. I always thought those chapters were especially interesting. Yeah, I agree. I do like some of the monsters that were created, too. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought they were particularly interesting. I thought almost like Ellie would have to face, like, all the same monsters. And she, I like, Mm. you know, like, I thought she would have to go through the same exact trials. I don't know. I thought it was going to be set up like that first. You know? Mm. I can see that. Yeah. Parallel stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are, they do have the same name. Mm-hmm. Which we learn later. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they go to Texas, and we learn a lot about Native traditions, too, like Native burial um, and, like, death yes. traditions, which mm-hmm. is very nice. Um, I'm always really c- curious about... Uh, burial and death traditions. Um, you know, one of the big ones is you're not supposed to say their names. You really like are supposed to bury 
all of their prized possessions with them. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to know where the burial site is, except for like the closest of the family Mm -hmm. members. And, um, you know, this is all just to prevent a vengeful ghost from arising from the grave and haunting Mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And we were also told uh, earlier about how even though uh, Ellie's power is to raise the dead, that it doesn't extend to humans. That yeah. if if she were to try, or if people were to try to bring back humans, that unfortunately their ghosts just... It wouldn't be the same as Kirby, who seems to keep his personality and, and everything. Like, the ghosts would be kind of, like, warped, I guess. I don't know where they... It won't end up well for anybody involved, basically. Yeah, like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't have any control over them at all. Mm-hmm. Where she does have control over Kirby. Mm. To an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least she can give him, like, commands and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I, like, there were a few days between her learning about her cousin's death and then going to Texas. But then it's only when she gets to Texas that she asks Jay to research Abe, the person who had supposedly killed her cousin, which I oh, thought yeah. was funny. I was thinking, why you had that time, you could have been researching yourself before you left on your trip. <laughs> or even yeah. while your father was driving you there, you could have done some research. Jay's the research master, though. You know, I do like Jay. <laughs> She wanted to get him involved. She wanted to keep him in the loop, you know. <laughs> keep it so he has something to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I so love that he can their... stay involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love their little relationship. And like, oh yeah, she also finds out he's like the descendant from Oberon, mm-hmm. which is like some fairy god or prince. Yeah, he can make a light so... in his hand. <laughs> Yeah, he can make a little light, which is so, like, inconsequential. But It, it like, really is. It does come in use, kind Okay, of. it does, but I'm sorry. I think that's one of those times where the dialogue sometimes didn't necessarily match up, I think, even with, like, a young adult. Sometimes it made me feel like a middle grade. And the moment where it's like, um, Jay, use your phone to light up this room for us. And then he's like, aha, I don't have to. <laughs> it's one of those moments. Yes. I'm just like, this is a cute interaction. But yes. But I don't know if this dialogue necessarily matches their ages. Right, right. <laughs> but also, like, if I'm just messing around with my friends, I could, and I had that power, I'd be like, I'm never using my phone light again. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, it was so inconsequential, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like, there was almost no point to it at all. But except for he could use the fairy rings. I think, I think, yeah, it was, he understands the fairy rings and to light up that one room that one time. Yeah. Jay's a sweetie, though, but honestly, 
didn't really even need to be in the book. <laughs> Except for, like, his connections to other people. Yeah, he had all the connections. His aunt was a big connection. So his mm-hmm. aunt was, uh, I guess we could just dig into it now, his aunt uh, is a psychic. So when Ellie gets to Texas, uh, she goes to the crash scene with uh, Lenore. With, with Lenore, uh, her cousin's wife, and they end up getting this psychic, in quotation marks, <laughs> yes who's a celebrity psychic yeah there's like camera crews and everything that are going there too and yes <laughs> she puts on this whole show mm-hmm. and is like throwing dirt around mm-hmm. and th- flinging her body around and is yeah. like he was murdered by a ghost or like you know yeah. there was a there was ghost some in the woman the who staggered in the road and that's why <laughs> yes he swerved to miss this woman and who was a ghost <laughs> exactly uh it was so just therefore ridiculous. it's no one's fault <laughs> yes uh turns out that woman uh her nephew is a patient of dr allerton mm-hmm. oh yeah abe allerton is a famous doctor for the town of willoughby seems to uh, do miraculous cures yes and so well she's right away uh uncredible is that the word discredited she's she's, yeah she's discredited she's not credible at all yes exactly so whoa jay's aunt is also a psychic and she's a little bit more credible because well we know her personally Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so jay travels in by fairy ring with his aunt and she reveals that the crash site is not the real crash site Mm mm-hmm uh, so Trevor is a teacher. So they go to the school. They know he left from the school that night and they tra- retrace his steps or his driving route and they find the real scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. And there she has a vision and it's this whole vision. It's kind of disjointed, but you kind of get the sense that he stopped to help someone who... Mm-hmm got into a real crash yeah yeah she starts like speaking in her cousin's voice and is asking oh are you all right and then like no stop and then ah and then yeah the end was perhaps stabbed in the back who knows something happened i don't know anyways Things happen. Uh, so along with her cousin being a teacher, we find out that he actually taught the doctor, the person who murdered him, there, his son. And mm-hmm. he apparently keeps a lot of his students' papers, even when they're no longer his students. I was which... going to ask you if that's normal, because um, Hannah is a teacher. Not for me. No. That's a little strange, right? It's I mean <laughs> I I have sometimes if it's like if it's a project then I'll like sometimes I'll take pictures of projects 
and so I can use as examples in other years. So I guess maybe it's not super... The amount of papers seemed excessive that he Like had. boxes. Like a yeah, huge... Yeah, there were boxes bin. and boxes of it. So that seemed excessive. But I will say, it does sound like one of his writings, Brett, the, the son's writings, did seem to be some kind of like extended writing project. So I guess maybe if you wanted to use that as an example for like next year's students or years down the road. I guess that would make sense. But the boxes and boxes does not make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Seems excessive. <laughs> also, it does seem like the kind of project that you would give back to the kid too. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like take pictures, but whatever. I, it, <laughs> it lets them learn about Nathaniel Grace, this person from long ago who seems to be connected with both the town and with like he set up like a clinic and was like a doctor and and helped people so yeah so nathaniel grace so he founded willoughby he's also a pilgrim he also like defended the town from you get the sense from native americans mm-hmm. i Right away, I was like, there's no way this town originally was in Texas. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We get so many things about the town that make it seem so weird. I honestly, I don't know if I necessarily put like the pilgrim aspect together, but it was very much like every time they tried to like map quest it or find it on a GPS, it would always take a few minutes before it would show up on the GPS. It would just be like an empty space. So, I knew something was weird. I should have put together the pilgrim thing, though. <laughs> yeah. I, later, like, they do mention, they keep harping on, like, the colonial architecture, which that part didn't really ring any bells for me, because I was like, man, there are mm. towns everywhere that have colonial architecture, like, they blow up. Yeah, when they said pilgrim, I was like, there are no pilgrims in Texas. <laughs> and, like... Yeah, super weird. And then, because then they start putting the years together, because they're like, okay, the Pilgrims landed, like, you know, in the 1600s. Like, they think Nathaniel Grace was maybe at the latest 1700s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Still early for a Texas town. Either mm-hmm. way. You start thinking, like, Willoughby, this is strange. Why is this town here? And then, so, anyways, moving on. Super strange town. Nathaniel Grace, what's up with him? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and then this is one of those times where Lenore has gone missing. So, again, the cousin's wife. Um, and they're hoping that she hasn't gone to the grave. They're like, maybe she's at Waffle House. She loves Waffle House. Of course mm-hmm. she'll go there. But still, they actually go to check uh, Abe's mansion because they're also worried that maybe she went to go confront him. Like, again, fingers crossed she's just at the Waffle House, but uh-oh, she's upset and knows that Abe likely killed her husband. She's probably going to go confront him. And when they go there, then there are all these vampires just hanging out on the lawn of the mansion. Yeah. And then one of them comes up to them and starts uh, attacking their car. Uh, (laughs) 
what a juicy baby you have in the backseat. Because they decide to bring the baby, even though um, I'm pretty sure the dad was at the house. So I don't think Maybe the dad not. was there yet. I think he had uh, dropped off the car and Ellie, and then he flew back okay. to their house. Gotcha. And then it's only later in the story that he does come back. So I guess, yeah, there was no one to watch the baby and how were they to know there would be lots and lots of vampires hanging out at this mansion <laughs> yeah jeez but but yeah they they get away i actually really like this scene because mm-hmm. it's like they're driving away vampires on the roof of the car and then all of a sudden vivian who's ellie's mom is like Boom, get off my land. I'm a life in Apache. You're not welcome in my home. Mm-hmm. And the vampire's like, wait, what? This yes. is in a house? And she's like, um, our land stretches from Texas all the way to like someplace mm-hmm. north. Good luck running. Like, it's going to take you a long time. And he's like, what? Oh my God. I didn't mm-hmm. realize. And he starts like burning up. Ugh, it was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I really love that little twist. Uh, that was, it really was awesome. Cool. Yeah, especially because up to this point, Vivian hasn't really done anything, and she hasn't like really revealed her powers. I mean, this isn't a power; it's just knowledge. Recalling, <laughs> yeah, it's just knowledge. But you know, she hasn't really like been assertive, or um, I don't know. She hasn't really done anything, <laughs> but mm-hmm. so it's nice to see her do something. <laughs> yeah. 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 She seems really conservative. So every time she does anything out of the norm, I'm like, yay. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody in Ellie's family, they're just very cautious. I, mm-hmm. I mean, she herself even when she was doing her mad dash to try and get to her parents like okay you know make sure i have like my helmet make sure that oh have i checked that the stoves are off you know gotta make sure that's going on too like all of those types of things like gotta make sure like everything is okay uh, her dad very much is like no i'm gonna drive i know you have your driver's license but i'm gonna drive like that's the safest thing <laughs> and so they all yeah. just seem very cautious i mean rightfully so but Right. Very cautious. Yeah. Yeah. I can see I can see why, but uh and then I guess we should quickly talk about the trilobite that she grabs at one point because I feel like the next big scene is when oh, yeah. she calls up the trilobite ghost. So she's practicing with that. And then mm-hmm. she's in the park, and then all of a sudden there are, like, hundreds and hundreds of them. And then she's, like, yes. almost underwater, and she's just seeing all of these ghosts. And then it yes. takes a bit for her to actually get out of this, like, ghostly realm. And is, you know, a bit concerned about what just happened. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It was a really interesting scene. I didn't really know what was going on at first. Mm-hmm. She's just sitting at a park playing with her little trilobite fossil that she got at just a uh like a gas station roadside like attraction. Mm-hmm. Um on her way drive down to Texas, which that interaction, um I do like how the author does put in like these little I guess 
day-to-day racist interactions mm-hmm. that Native Americans, um, I'm sure, have to deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Just for us to kind of, like, live a day in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just really annoyed me. Um, just the gas station attendant was just awful to her. Oh, yeah. But, um, anyways... Um, like she just wants to look at some fossils and buy one. Anyways, so she buys a trilobite fossil there, uh, with the intention on, uh, intention to, uh, practice raising, uh, dinosaurs from the dead because she Mm -hmm. wants to go to university and like maybe become a paleontologist and, raise bigger dinosaurs from the dead later on in her life Mm -hmm. which is so cool to think about so she starts off with this little trilobite which she describes as like a big cockroach which is really gross to think about Mm -hmm. or like a big roly-poly bug which is less gross to think about and more cute to think about Mm -hmm. um but she's sitting at the park like you were saying and a bunch start just coming out of the gutters and um all of a sudden she's in this underwater scene and kirby's there and she can like feel his fur for once Mm -hmm. and she's like in the underworld like she can see whales um swimming above her and Mm -hmm. somehow she's breathing even though she's like clearly underwater she can see like coral and i think like kelp forests and like all of this and I mean, really, she's not panicking as much as I think she should be. Mm. (laughs) She's just kind of taking it all in and, like, really just filled with wonder. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think she's having a good time. But she does start to kind of like, okay, well, I guess I should try to get back because no one can hear me. No one knows I exist in this realm. Mm Mm-hmm. So the way that she gets back is she just thinks really hard of home and her family and she's back. And it's as simple as that for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she tells her mom about it and her mom freaks out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because apparently not many people or anyone really has gone to the underworld and come back alive. Mm -hmm. Or has come back at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she doesn't want her raising any more ghosts. Not even really Kirby. She feels that, you know, she should take a break from all of it mm-hmm. to not even chance it because she doesn't want her daughter to get stuck. Yeah. Um. So they call an elder to dinner uh, later in the week uh, just to let him know what happened and to ask for advice. Um, the elder is just as cautious as her parents. Mm-hmm. I feel like he didn't offer any advice, uh, or a- offer any solutions or any helpful advice, really. I don't yeah. know. He just I, I think like, wasn't the main thing that he said was basically, like, you need to tell your daughter the story. <laughs> Did he mention that? Yeah. or? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, about you need to tell your daughter grade. the story about sixth grade. It's time. Yeah. And that was it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
like, thanks a lot. Thanks for coming to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, what an awful time, like, not being able to raise even Kirby from the dead when you're being attacked by vampires and you have Abe Allerton being all creepy. and Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is before or after Jay and her um, go to town. I think this is around the same time. This is around that same time, yeah. Yeah, so her and Jay go on a mission uh, to scope out the clinic in town. Mm -hmm. But I guess first they go to the library because Mm -hmm. they have a bicentennial celebration coming up of Willoughby. Again, Willoughby is celebrating their bicentennial celebration. So apparently they've been around for 200 years, um, which Vivian makes a pointed remark saying, well, that's, or maybe it's Lenore saying that's a really long time for a town here in uh in texas like we've been around here like the Lipen apaches have been around for 200 years and willoughby definitely has not been here since right we've been here you know <laughs> like yeah. we would have remembered if willoughby has been here for 200 years <laughs> mm-hmm. um so just like another like hmm like what's going on here uh so they go check out this bicentennial what is it called exhibit mm-hmm. i don't even know what exhibits are called anymore <laughs> uh, at the library and they find a whole exhibit on nathaniel grace again mm-hmm. and again it mentions the clinic and anything else they find at the library um i mean i think that's when they might start getting information that Teddy Roosevelt was one of the people and he had been attacked by a bear and that they performed a miracle and, and saved him and saved his leg. Um, but that's really the main thing that I think we get from there and just the town people being really creepy and just staring at them the entire time they're in town. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like, at this point, I'm like, okay, so what are they? I mean, they're obviously some supernatural being, but, like, what exactly are they? Because mm-hmm. I figured if they were fairy, because they, I did notice them mentioning all the mushrooms around town. Because mm-hmm. is, like, wanting to step on all of them. Yeah. He's like, I want to, I want to pop all the, all the white mushrooms with my feet mm-hmm. by jumping on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, he's so weird he's very important <laughs> yes <laughs> um so i was like if they're fairy i feel like jay would be like i don't know i sense that they're fairy or something i mm-hmm. don't know yeah i i think at this point we really just know that most people and families have some kind of ability and so whatever mm-hmm. his family secret is probably has something to do with the miracles that the clinic performs but it's it's just unclear exactly what he is doing exactly so right after going to the library or sometime after shortly they go to the clinic and they very subtly not so subtly live stream it yeah to (laughs) jay's sister to jay's sister uh who again is another important contact because jay isn't necessarily the important one but it's the people around him who are important 
where his exactly. sister and her fiance, who is a vampire, is going to end up being important because they're going to have her vampire fiance do some snooping. Since there are so many vampires there, might as well ask the one vampire we know to go in and do some snooping. Exactly. And his sister happens to be like on a varsity basketball team at a college. Yeah. So she just is like, you know, she's the muscle in the family. Yeah. Which also becomes important. Mm-hmm. Kind of. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Again, Jay is useless, but he's comedic relief. He's maybe. adorable. <laughs> yes. He's adorable. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, though. <laughs> adorable relief oj oj i think also around this time before we really get to the clinic is when it's made like super clear to the readers that ellie herself is asexual and i just think it's important that like we have this asexual rep in in a book and especially in a young adult book i think is very cool to see yeah, I agree. I love that they're not forcing anything between Jay and Ellie. Mm-hmm. It's even more adorable. Yeah. Yeah. That she's just got a companion and it's got a doesn't have to be anything more. Right. Yep. I love it. But yeah, yeah. back to the live stream. <laughs> yeah, back to the live stream. There are lots um, of mushrooms. <laughs> There are lots of mushrooms that Jay is hopping all over. The recycling bin outside the clinic is yes. filled with beer. <laughs> like empty which, beer bottles. Which, like, is super weird. I, it's, I, I, it's, it's super it's strange. So we know that he's an alcoholic, but I do find it a bit weird that the recycle bin would be filled like, the way it was described was, like, filled. Like, you could tell from, like, feet away that there had been, like, beer bottles in there. And yeah, I mean, I guess maybe, sure, if you're an alcoholic, maybe, but it just seemed yeah. a little bit like, like, the author's just, like, hitting us on the head with, like, just so you know, <laughs> he is definitely an alcoholic. We're not going to be subtle about this. He is definitely an alcoholic. And it's, like, his work trash bin. Yes! I, or, you know, recycling bin. And I'm picturing, like, one of those big, uh, like, uh-huh. a business recycling bin that's big in metal uh-huh. and, like, you know, like. like really it's filled with beer bottles yeah like i'm picturing an alcoholic is gonna have some vodka bottles in there like it's just beer bottles Mm -hmm. all and like really just filled (laughs) i was like maybe they did have a work party or something i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) and then also the garbage been being locked behind a medical facility didn't weird me out at all i was like there's probably like human bits behind there like hazardous waste material yeah. like that's that's not not normal like or you know or i don't know <laughs> you know it's not weird it's not weird yeah. <laughs> to me yeah <laughs> you probably don't want to go in there <laughs> mhm <laughs> But yeah, Abe Abe catches them and shoes them off. 
I, I oh, yeah. not not too much. I mean, he's very creepy, and and you know yeah. he's a bad dude. But I mean, they get to leave. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, then, he he's definitely like you guys are stupid kids. I know exactly what you're doing. You're recording right now. Yeah, like <laughs> shoe kids. Yeah, shoe. that's exactly it. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. He's super obvious, too. I mean, he yeah. has a brand new car, like, the day after Trevor dies. He's constantly like, hey, where's Trevor buried? Where, like, he yeah, shows up Yeah, let me pay my respects. Wake. Yeah. Let like, my son pay his respects. <laughs> like, yeah, your son was a student, like, two years ago? This is super weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's it's know. clear that he's using his son's name to attempt to find out yeah. where her cousin is buried. Honestly, we don't meet Brett like the whole novel until the very, very end. Yeah. When he's used as bait. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it was the best part of the novel. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so then this is where Jay has his shining moment where he realizes that those mushrooms that they've been seeing everywhere. You know what? They're the same kind that form the fairy rings. That's suspicious. Let's keep that in our back pocket for now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ellie goes straight to Google Maps and is trying to <laughs> use yeah. Google Maps to see if the mushrooms form a ring in- around the entire town. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ambitious to try and see mushrooms from Google Maps. I yes. Mean, I, very ambitious. Yes. I applaud her, like, her gusto and her ambition, but I don't see how you would ever see tiny mushrooms on a Google Map image. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. it. So, Trevor comes to her in another dream. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This one's like a little bit more metaphorical, I guess. So Willoughby has like notoriously green grass mm. um, in a very deserty part of Texas. So they're sucking up all the water from everywhere, all the land around it. Mm-hmm. So this dream, he, Trevor's like warning Ellie about leeches sucking the area dry of water so he's I guess pointedly uh, warning Ellie about Willoughby in general the people yeah. of Willoughby and I don't know and then he like is literally or figuratively talking about being stabbed in the back mm-hmm. which he could be referring to the tattoo yeah yeah about feeling that pain down on his back, yeah. Anyway, so next we, um, well, I guess next they really do talk about, um, so Ellie, Lenore, and Vivian, they come together and they talk about Trevor's uh, homicide and they kind of lay out all of the pieces of the puzzle that they each have found mm-hmm. collectively. And they kind of put together this picture to try and figure out what exactly happened. So they think 
Dr. Allerton was driving home drunk mm-hmm. based on the beer bottles Yep, in the recycling bin. Mm-hmm. He crashed in this gully and Trevor was just so happened to be driving home from work mm-hmm. from the school. He came upon this crash and just like being a good Samaritan pulled over and asked Dr. Allerton if he needed help. And that's when... Dr. Allerton, using his special abilities, transferred all of his injuries over to Trevor. Mm-hmm. And that is the Nathaniel Grace family power. Mm-hmm. And that's what they figured out using the Teddy Roosevelt story of getting his leg mauled by a bear. They later found out that someone else had their leg mauled by a bear in a place where there's no bears. Yeah. And they figured that they just transferred that, and that's why there's no record of Teddy Roosevelt ever having his leg mauled by a bear. I don't know, really sneaky clinic practices. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense at all. Well, yeah, and it's also, I, I feel like this is where you're starting to realize it's not just transferring the injuries, but it's the use of the like by poc people right it's it's transferring it to these people who are the minorities the people who they deem like won't be missed and or just aren't worth the same as them so right because i think in the teddy roosevelt incident it was a native american Mm -hmm. i think so yeah it was used yep (sighs) yeah so that sucks yes They kind of put this all together. So now it's all about bringing Dr. Allerton to justice. And in their minds, they are still holding the people of the town of Willoughby as innocent. So they don't think that they know about the clinic's practices. Or maybe they just don't know if they know at this point, but they think that they need to know. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but we're about to divert and learn how sixth grade died mm-hmm. because it's very important because Ellie is playing with fire. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, her and her, <laughs> her and sixth grade, they, even though they're not necessarily facing the same monsters and everything, they are kind of on these parallel paths where they have the similar powers and they're able to raise all of these different ghosts and, um... I don't know, I guess, I don't know, it just seems like they might be on the same path of getting stuck in or going to the land of the dead and then just not returning. Yep. And her mom, Vivian, who's very wise, can see that. Yeah. First of all, the story, so they start off with the story of her great-grand, sixth great-grandpa and his beloved mare, who was about to give birth. Which is just a heartbreaking story. So his beloved mare was about to give birth and she was uh, past her due date or something like that and or about to give birth any day. Mm-hmm. So he decided to sleep out in the field with her. And while he was asleep, some bandits or terrible people. White people. <laughs> terrible white people came in the night and murdered him. And uh, he was defenseless. It was awful. Just terrible. I mean, 
like uh, just so uh cowards like just the worst mm-hmm. and um so obviously sixth grade avenges his death she doesn't give anyone any details she just disappears for a few days or weeks mm-hmm. how long it takes comes back and you know is like it is done you know mm-hmm. and over time she's still haunted by him in her dreams and i kind of think it's the same thing that's happening with ellie and trevor yeah like trevor keeps coming to ellie in these dreams and is like avenge me like this is not just avenge me he does start asking her like to basically raise him to bring him back that he'll be the one to to take his vengeance and he'll be the one to make sure that his family is protected and Mm -hmm. and so it does seem like maybe the same thing is happening with sixth grade and uh with her husband yep and her daughter sixth grade's daughter is like you know you know this isn't real or you know like you know how ghosts are like you have to ignore it you have to get past it Mm -hmm. and sixth grade is like i know i know but i just can't i can't and so she gathers all her dogs and she goes off into the sunset. And that's the last you see of her. So everyone just assumes she goes into the underworld and she never comes back. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I um, I don't know if that's what happens to her. And I don't think Ellie thinks that's what happens to her either. Because Ellie makes a, a remark like, well, you don't know if she didn't come back or you don't know. I don't know. She makes some sort of comment and Vivian's like, don't be stupid or something. I, I do almost wonder if it was sixth grade's choice to remain in the land of the dead. Yeah. I mean, she was fairly old at this point. I mean, even when her husband had passed, I mean, they had mm-hmm. adult children at that time and, you know, had lived her life and... I do almost wonder if she just, you know, did go there, but then just consciously made the choice not to leave. I feel like that is totally plausible. Yep. Yep. I'm fine with accepting that. Also, like, they didn't have a body to bury, so she could be out there roaming the world still. Yeah. I did wonder about (laughs) that, too. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, we're going to see sixth grade again. I just know it. Ellie's going to run into her in the underworld somewhere. I thought that too. (laughs) I definitely thought that too. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't think she's gone forever. But that's me. (laughs) I even wrote in my notes, no body though. (laughs) (laughs) You're very firm (laughs) on the no body rule. I really am. I'm firm on it. Because it <laughs> always is true. Mm-hmm. Like 99.9% of the time. It's true. Mm-hmm. I just like you brought <laughs> it up a lot in the year of the witching too. So. Hey, every time that it's a thing, I'm going to bring it up. Fair enough. No body, no death. But from that story we go into another trevor dream Mm -hmm. so the story is totally relevant once again because he's trying to trick ellie into freeing him right away Mm -hmm. and who does he end up tricking 
stupid baby Gregory. Oh, his poor little baby. Okay. Not stupid. Not stupid, Christina. It's a tiny baby who sees its father for the first time in weeks. Of course, the baby is going to go and try to touch and be held by their father. You can't call that poor little baby stupid. (laughs) What a dumb baby. (laughs) Oh my god. But yeah, and so throughout the story, Lenore, I mean, Lenore has also asked Ellie to, you know, bring back Trevor and has explained multiple times that why she wouldn't. But then they also realize that, you know, their child, their their child, uh, really smart baby Gregory is going to be super powerful and also has, but that he also has, you know, this power, or at least, you know, it, it's passed down through the bloodline so he's likely to have it and then it is in this moment where it's very much confirmed that yeah he has it and hey he's super powerful because guess what he brought his dad back as a ghost (laughs) oops exactly oopsie yeah um and this is the one time that vivian doesn't really believe ellie Mm -hmm. but it takes her a second because ellie wakes up with Gregory laying next to her, mm-hmm. which is strange. Yeah, they and were nowhere near the same... each other. They that shouldn't be possible. He should not have been able to get there. Exactly, and he's wearing the same thing that he was wearing in the dream. And she like wakes up, wakes her mom up, and is like, "Oh my god!" Tells her everything that happened. She's like, "No, that's not possible. This isn't real." Blah blah blah. The, right, no, no, no. that's a baby. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a very powerful baby exactly it takes her a second she does get on board Mm -hmm. and right away mobilizes the team and jay they contact jay right away ronnie takes over the phone call um Mm -hmm. well because her fiance is now missing her vampire fiance who went to infiltrate has not been heard from and so she's like Okay, we also have to do a rescue mission for my fiance. Like, uh-huh. keep that in mind while whatever it is y'all are doing, I'm going to join in, but we also have to rescue my fiance. Yes. So, they're like, "All right. We got to do this right now. No delay." And so they meet Jay and Ronnie at the ferry ring. Ronnie shows up with a posse <laughs> yes. of two two or three of her basketball mm-hmm. teammates. And Vivian right away is like, okay, I don't have room for all of these people in my minivan, so I hope there's no more of your teammates coming. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it's a minivan, just pile them in the trunk, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, And they all go straight to the mansion. Also, I love that everyone is wearing blazers, like mm-hmm. that's what they're wearing for this party, like. That's I don't know. Like everyone decided to wear matching blazers. Like this mm-hmm. is their spy outfit. It's right. Just... They they are. They're they're like super covered and you know they must be packing some kind of like weapons or something underneath their outfit, but they yeah. came incredibly prepared. I think Vivian is wearing a blazer too. Mm. Anyways, it's just cute. But anyways, so Vivian, Ronnie, and the three, oh yeah, it is, and the three basketball teammates, they all go inside 
the mansion while Jay and Ellie stay outside and watch the live feed because they're also live broadcasting mm-hmm. what's going on yeah it, it's also it's it's good timing because you know there's like the big party going on so this is their chance to even get like into the mansion i did think it was kind of funny that her mom was like yes i am going to complete this mission with total strangers it'll be fine you know what i'm gonna yeah. risk these total strangers lives better to risk total strangers lives than my daughter's life yeah Exactly. Which I guess fair, but... (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) You have not met these people. Maybe you've met Ronnie, but otherwise, you probably have not met these people before. But sure, sure. You know what? They're college age. They're adults. It'll be fine. Yeah, they're consenting adults. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) They know what they're getting into, right? Mm -hmm. Although she keeps comparing them to her students. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's fine. It'll all work out. Yeah. So while they're live streaming from inside the mansion, Ellie right away sees Trevor's ghost in one of the mirror reflections. So right away, it's just not good. She tries calling Ronnie, I think, and Trevor intercepts a phone call. Mm Mm-hmm. So it makes it sound like they're saying things that they're not actually saying or something like that. And um, so um, obviously Ellie and Jay no longer have the choice to just sit out on the lawn. They have to like run in to go rescue them. Mm-hmm. And they're right away intercepted by a vampire. Yes. Who's like everyone knows who you guys are here (laughs) yeah we were on the lookout for you yeah they're basically wanted posters with both of your faces on it everywhere like Mm -hmm. basically like we know who you guys are and throws them into like a dungeon or like i don't know gets them cornered into some sort of underground area um and calls for backup Mm -hmm. and Ellie's able to subdue him by calling on her grandmother's ghost mammoth. Yes. Which is cute. I love it. And I love the idea of her little grandmother riding on a ghost mammoth everywhere. I do like that. Uh, Yeah. Super cute. And then they find that the next room over is the coffin room. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kirby's already in there waiting next to Al's coffin, which is super cute. Yep. We've we found the vampire fiance. You know what? Things are going to mm-hmm. go well now. Um, there are other vampires there, too, that they uh, work to set free as well. Yep. And then they all team up together and beat up that one vampire that caught them. And, um, well, uh, Trevor... The ghost had already taken Ooh. care of uh, all the backup that yeah. was coming to kill them. Yeah. Because they open up the doorway to the mansion and uh, there's dead people in the stairwell. There's yep. dead people up in the hallway. It's a pretty gruesome scene. Yeah. So they do everything they can to escape. And once they do, it's like instantly nighttime. Like they're I in was, some sort yeah. of time warp. Yeah, Which... time was really weird inside the mansion somehow, um, where hours had gone by, even though it didn't seem like it for them. Yeah, 
Which I guess could happen when a ghost is on scene or... I don't know that it was him. I feel like that was something that the doctor specifically did. Because I I think, especially with keeping... Because they let um, Ronnie and her mom's group, like, hang out in this one room. And I feel like it was very intentional, like... You know, yeah, wait here a few minutes, and then, oops, hours have gone by, and we've already had our party, and you can't spoil it. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So we also learned that Trevor's ghost is not actually Trevor. He's an emissary of vengeance. Yeah. It's like he's just the manifestation of all the anger and vengeance mm-hmm. that Trevor, I guess, would have had, but no part of Trevor is in this ghost manifestation. Mm-hmm. So there's no real reasoning with the ghost because no part of it is actually Trevor. Like, he doesn't care about Ellie. He doesn't care about any of his family. Yeah. All he cares about is vengeance and killing the people of Willoughby and more specifically Abe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um oh and well okay so they all get to the mansion and this chapter ends with a piano flying at Dr. Abe and yeah. Ellie making a phone call to her mom. Mhm. Which is strange. Because then we get a chapter from Vivian's point of view. Yes. Which is fun. But we never get that phone call. I was really confused by that. I was really confused by that. My only guess is that Trevor faked that phone call. I guess that's possible. It seemed weird that the phone call was not included in her chapter. I, yeah. I, my only guess is that Trevor faked it because she was in that room with Trevor. Mm. And the only way that Vivian even knew all the stuff that was going on in that room was because Al had gotten to that room and rescued Vivian and Ronnie and the girls. Yeah. And brought him over to the main ballroom, but they still couldn't get in because all the doors were locked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ellie and Jay are the ones who are in the main ballroom and they get to see all of the stuff that's going to go down with the ghost and Abe. Yep. And it's a fight. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of action. And then Abe, you know, this is when we actually meet Brett because Abe threatens to kill Brett <laughs> and I don't know or not Abe Trevor threatens to kill yeah. Brett Abe wouldn't threaten to kill his <laughs> son and then like Trevor makes some claims like what like have you killed another child like it just gets really escalated like the whole argument mm-hmm. and then you know Trevor just tries to reveal to the whole town of uh, Willoughby what Abe is and then we find out oh the whole town of Willoughby is in on this yeah. they all know of course they're all bad people and we should have known from the beginning they're all they were all staring yeah. at 
Ellie and Jay obviously spying for Dr. Abe. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Well, again, they were all all benefiting. They're all benefiting (laughs) from his powers and being able to transfer, you know, if they have Mm -hmm. enough money and as long as, you know, they're living in this town and it'll be fine. You know, you can be provided for. Even the vampires are being provided for. Getting to, you know be able to live longer and and not have the effects of the sun bother them or whatever because that's something that like changes with age (laughs) yeah they were abe was like capturing younger vampires and like selling them auctioning off their blood or whatever Mm. uh to the older vampires uh so we find out that nathaniel grace and then Therefore, Dr. Abe is a wizard, and that's what, or that's where they get their powers from. Um, Yeah. And then so, at this point, Abe is like, well, we're just going to take the whole town, go somewhere else, yeah. and start over, and you know, then have zero before. consequences. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have zero consequences. It's going to be fine. And then... <laughs> Like, some of the people are like, I want to go near the beach. I want to, like, they start arguing about where they want to go. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? And then I start getting angry. I'm like, oh, my God, if this book ends and there are zero consequences, I'm going to be really angry. Because it kind of seemed like for a second, like, there might be zero consequences. Because I was like, how are they going to wrap this up? Like, Mm. how? Like, because, I mean, even the authorities for this town are obviously in on it yeah you know (sighs) yeah they're all complicit in what has happened here exactly exactly um obviously ellie will not let that happen and she summons every dog well uh, before that that, trevor is taken down but he's taken down by like an exorcist person and nothing to do oh, with yeah. Ellie. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I forgot about that, like, completely. <laughs> yeah, he's taken down by some, like, one of the exorcist people that mm-hmm. Abe has in his, like, employ, like, that is one of his employees or whatever, and yeah, he's just taken down, Abe is super injured, but you know what? Transfers it over to somebody else, and then that's when they have, like, all this talk, like, let's move! Yeah, let's go to the beach! Yeah, yeah let's go here! And then, yeah, Ellie says her goodbyes to Jay, and then she calls all of these these ghost dogs. So really, the only one that they're, they're facing right now is Abe, because her cousin right. has been dealt with, or at least the emissary, the, the ghostly version of his vengeance, has been dealt with. Yeah. Uh, Ellie then takes Abe to the underworld where he's attacked by other emissaries. And it's kind of understood that these emissaries of vengeance or all the people in the past that he's used to heal other people that he's like killed to heal other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're attacking him in the underworld. And... So, and this is where, you know, she's used every dog of her ancestors to drag him there, including Kirby. Mm -hmm. And she's having a hard time getting back into 
the normal world because Dr. Abe is so loud and distracting. She's having a hard time, like, concentrating on mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think he keeps managing to grab onto her as well. Yeah, so uh, the only way that she manages to get home in the end is that Kirby sacrifices himself mm-hmm. for her, basically. And um, anyways, that was a big cry moment. Mm-hmm. So Ellie makes it back um, without Kirby and uh, everyone is safe mm-hmm. from Dr. Abe. And uh, apparently like the feds come in and like start investigating. Mm, and, yeah. Um, so like things kind of, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like kind of nice because then you kind of forget that like, Oh, this is like a supernatural like America. So like the feds do know that like supernatural things exist. Right. So they are like kind of like uh they are investigating this supernatural town and like this is like a real crime mm-hmm. like for this world. So uh I don't know. It's kind of nice uh knowing that it is being investigated uh for real. Anyways, so there's like this strange car ride home now where they pick up a coyote woman. Yeah. Um, which I feel I like feel like I need to reread if if I were to reread the book, I would reread that because I don't think I understood the importance of that chapter, and I feel that there probably is some importance. I know that it had been mentioned that these people are rare um Uh that they haven't really been seen uh for a long time so but i i have to admit i wasn't completely positive about the purpose of this chapter well i know she mentioned something like it's safe now and that's why Mm. she's on the road again like she does have a line where she says that That but i do remember them talking about coyote people earlier in the book but mm-hmm. i couldn't remember at the time i thought that there was more significance to it that i was missing yeah for sure so okay. i don't know but i definitely was like oh it's safe now for these people to be out yeah so that's cool okay that makes sense but if there was more significance i missed it for sure yeah but I mean, overall, then there's a happy ending. She gets a new puppy. She gets some cool. No, she gets novels. an old dog. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, she I mean, an old dog, dog like okay. an eight-year-old dog. Okay, all dogs are puppies to me. <laughs> okay, but I first think of all, that gives people <laughs> a wrong okay, image. Okay, she in gets head. a new dog. That's uh, an eight-year-old dog. <laughs> I'll use the term dog, but to me, it's a puppy. Because it's so cute. And all dogs that are cute are puppies. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But yes, it is eight years old. So, you know. And Kirby came back. He found his way home. And he came back with a cursed doll. Oh, I mean, he came back like wearing the skull mask that she had tried to give him at the beginning of the book. Did he also come back with a cursed doll? Someone, okay, Ellie just finds a a weird doll in her room and is like, Kirby, did you come back with this weird doll? Oh, well, let's play with it. Huh. Yeah. 
He stooped and picked up a dirty, torn doll from the ground. It was made of leather and rattled when Jay tossed it across the room to Ellie's outstretched hand. Kirby and Snickers perked up, their eyes trained on the toy. I've never seen this before, Ellie said. The doll was no marvel of craftsmanship. Just a sock-shaped tube of leather with a smiling face painted on one side. The long braid of fibrous material dangled from the top of the head. And the rattle, which reminded of Ellie of rattle, or reminded Ellie of a dry mesquite seeds. Shaking in their musk came from his belly. It looks like a dog toy, though. Maybe Kirby brought it with him. From below? You, do you think it's cursed? It's cursed. Are you sure? What if it's a present from her grandma? Oh my god, that would be super cute. Oh my god. I didn't even think of that. Okay, Jay automatically said cursed, and then I thought cursed. Oh, the white boy said cursed, so... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's just a loving gift from her grandmother. I get it. (laughs) That would be super cute. But it's cursed. Christina! But uh, I think... I You know, I don't know if there is going to be a second novel, but it's definitely set up for more books. I mean... She's going off to college. She's getting a ton of emails about like, hey, can you solve this? Can Mm. you solve this mystery? Is this haunted? What's going on here with this supernatural thing? Right. Yeah. I would definitely read another Jay and Ellie book. Ellie and Jay. And now it's time for recommendations. Hannah, what do you recommend? Uh, so I have two recommendations. Uh, first off, if you were interested in the ghostly aspects of this book, as well as the searching for the murderer of your cousin aspect, then I would recommend another young adult book called Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. Uh, the short version of the summary is that this is a book about a trans boy, Yadriel, uh, trying to prove his gender to his traditional Latinx family uh, by showing that he can be a brujo. And to do that, he summons a ghost. But before he can use that to prove to his family that he is, in fact, a brujo, his cousin is missing and likely murdered. So now he's working to try and solve that mystery, but also trying to figure out what to do about this ghost that he has summoned. And that he can't get rid of. Oh my god. <laughs> what? It's really sweet. I It's, it's yeah. a very sweet book. And the ending surprised me. And I was happy about it. So it was very, nice. very sweet. Um, and then if you are looking to read books by Native American authors, then I recommend They're There by Tommy Orange. Uh, now, I do want to state that I know Native Americans are not a monolith. And that each tribe has its own culture and traditions. Unfortunately, as of now, I have not read any other books by the uh, Lipin Apache authors, so I do apologize for that. But There There is a book that weaves together the stories of 12 different characters, showing us how they all end up at the big Oakland powwow, and then the chaos that ensues there. It's a heartbreaking book, but it's so beautifully done. Uh, The pace is also a little slower. You get a lot of details about each character in the lead-up to the conclusion. I think the slower pace really builds the tension, and then the last uh, section, like, there are longer chapters in the first sections, but then that last section, the chapters are all really, really short, and so... um, 
it just really gets that uh, tension and then that intense last part of the book. And it was just really, really good. So. Wow. Yeah. Your recommendations are beautiful, as always. Thank you. Christina, what about you? What do you have to recommend? Um. So, I mean, this book reminds me of The Wolf and the Whale. And this is a oh, book okay. I recommended before, for sure, by Jordana Max Brodsky. Uh, it's about a shaman. Uh, again, this isn't a Lipen Apache story. It's a uh, Greenland Inuit story. But uh, it's about a shaman who meets a Viking warrior. Um, I just like it because, and you know, it's very similar in that it has a leading character who has a different, a different point of view than what we're used to seeing. Of course, a native point of view, but then also we have, um, you know, a shaman who's a woman who has this very dichotomous, uh, sexual identity so just completely uh warring sides between like male and female both sides of the coin um just definitely um very interesting story for sure yeah i really loved it i didn't think it was slow at all it's definitely like 600 pages okay but uh it's it's a really long sweeping story but it's always interesting always very it's very nice i love it i don't know nice very mesmerizing all right that's what i'm gonna recommend and that's my recommendation and i'm sticking to it perfect i haven't started right reading it yet but i did just get braiding sweetgrass okay by robin wall Kimmerer. um and i'm really excited to start reading it um Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants. I'm really excited to get into it. So I'll have that to add to my recommendations when I'm finished, hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Hannah, what are we reading next time? So next time we're reading The Empress of Salt and Fortune by Nevo. Uh, it's about a young royal who is going south for a political marriage and a handmaiden who befriends her. Which is the super bare bones description of the book. And I'm really excited. Woo! I love bare bones descriptions. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Treat Yourself. If you liked listening to this episode, please find, rate, and review our episode wherever you listened. Yeah, all of our social media and contact information will be in the show notes. Thank you for joining in on our discussion. Until next time, don't forget to treat yourself.